Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood up at a distance, and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps not all of us, but many of us of my generation can be obsessed at times with victimhood, with the idea that we are victims based on, you know, gender, ethnicity, socioeconomic standing, and so many other factors that we like to take into account. And while these factors obviously do have a role to play in the direction of our lives and have a certain effect on us, at the same time, the idea of victimhood can infect us, and not just those of my generation, but all of us. The idea that it's the world's fault, it's society's fault, it's everybody else's fault. This tendency within ourselves is something that is nothing new. We see in today's gospel, whenever we hear the Pharisee go to pray, he says, O oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. As he says this prayer, he doesn't, he identifies the problem in the world as everyone else. Quite letters literally says, not like the rest of humanity. He blames everyone else for what is wrong. Whereas that is not really the way in which we are to work. And instead, the Lord holds up for us the example of the tax collector. The tax collector stood off at a distance. It would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This action of the tax collector is something we are quite literally, physically encouraged to do at each Mass whenever we pray the Confidior. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. The church encourages us to take this same disposition, not just in posture and action, but to go to the heart. Because at its heart, this is really what it's about. In today's gospel, we are to remember that we are sinners, that we are what is wrong with the world, that we are ultimately what needs to change. In the early 20th century, there was a British newspaper that asked a number of British authors to comment on what they thought was wrong with the world today. And so various authors gave their different opinions of varying degrees. G.K. Chesterton, a British Catholic author, gave the shortest, but also perhaps the most profound answer. 
Dear Editor, What is Wrong with the World? I am. Sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. With those two words, he identified what he saw as wrong. Not that there isn't, obviously, things outside of ourselves wrong with the world. There is. I, don't, do not, I do not deny that, neither was G.K. Chesterton denying that. But instead, it identifies what we can change, what we can do about the world. What can we do about it? We can change our hearts. We can ultimately come to a different way of looking at things. We can ultimately acknowledge that we are sinners and that we are in need of the Lord's mercy. We can acknowledge that it begins with us because that is the way in which any reform happens. If you look at perhaps the greatest reformer in church history, St. Francis of Assisi, he did not go around promoting some sort of movement. He started with himself. He first stripped himself of his worldly inheritance of his father and began to fix up some random chapel in the middle of nowhere. And then he began to preach. And then all of a sudden, this group of people began to gather around him. You see, it started with him. By allowing and allowing his heart to change, other hearts began to change as well. He threw his heart on the altar of the Lord. And the Lord set his heart on fire with love for him and his neighbor. And that love began to spread to others, that they too began to throw their, throw their hearts upon the altar as well. Because it is so easy for us, and it is easy, and it is convenient for us to blame everyone else. And we could even say that the Pharisee has good reason. You can even hear him say that I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. And we can identify with this, right? How many of you out there like the IRS, right? How many of us like our taxes? But even more so than just some kind of impersonal government bureaucracy, the tax collector is a personal embodiment of what we all dislike. He is a local, he's a neighbor who has turned his back on them and takes their part of the income and gives it to the Roman em Empire and also lines his own pockets. So we can understand why this Pharisee didn't like the tax collector, why he thought he was so despicable. He seems to be a traitor. And you see, this is the important thing for us to remember. None of us can escape the reality that we are sinners. We have offended the Lord. We hurt each other. Any of you who are married, anyone who has kids, anyone who has been a child, knows that we hurt each other. We do. It happens. And the important thing here is not that to just simply beat ourselves up for being a sinner. That is the first part. But the most important and foundational piece of this is that, yes, we are sinners. We are sinners in need of saving. And thankfully, we have a Savior. Jesus Christ died on the cross for each and every one of you, died for me, for my sins, for your sins, the sins of all humanity. He offered himself up out of love for you. 
I can't remember right now which saint it was that said it. There's a saint who said, it was not nails that held him to the cross, but love. Love for you, love for me, love for all of us. That is why he poured out his blood and continues to pour his blood upon you, to sanctify you, to purify you of your sin. And it is why, by each and every one of us, baptized into Christ, in baptism, became a beloved son or daughter of God. Yes, you're a sinner. Yes, I'm a sinner. But first and foremost, we are beloved sons and daughters. We are beloved children of the Father. He wants you. He treasures you. He finds you precious in his sight. That is why he died on the cross for you. That is why he sent his son, so that we might have life and have it to the full. And this is why he shows us mercy again and again and again. I did not earn some sort of merit badge. You did not earn some sort of award. We did not win some contest. It's simply because he chose you. Because he loves you. Because he wants you. Because he desires you. You see, in the grand scheme of all of it, our sin counts as nothing whenever we throw it upon him. Because yes, it does offend him. We have offended our brothers and sisters in the Lord. But at the end of the day, one drop of precious blood could have saved the world 10,000 times over. And yet he expended every single ounce for you, for me. It is important for us to always remember this. Yes, we are sinners, because if we do not acknowledge that, then God's grace cannot be at work in us. We must humble ourselves in order to receive the bountiful grace of God. Only by acknowledging our unworthiness, our ineptness, our sin, can the Lord work, can he show us his mercy, can he give us his grace, can he strengthen us by his Holy Spirit to ultimately place our hearts on this altar? Because that is why, at the beginning of the Mass, we have the penitential act. If you wonder, why does Father Jared take so long in between, brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries, and I confess, it is because, well, first and foremost, I, an unworthy servant, the most unworthy of men, stand at the Lord's altar. And I have a lot of sins to acknowledge. But I also want to invite you to do the same thing. To acknowledge your sins, to bring them before him. And to ask for his mercy. That we have sinned through our fault, through our fault, through our most grievous fault. But then from that point on, the directory of Mass changes. Immediately after the penitential act, we have the Gloria the great hymn of praise of God our Father, through Jesus Christ his Son. And then we have the opportunity to throw our hearts with all of their brokenness, with all of their shortcomings, with all of our gifts, with all of its beauty, upon that altar, to be transformed by him, 
to show us who we truly are, which are beloved sons and daughters, and to give us the grace necessary to become the saints he is calling each and every one of us to be. That is the movement of each and every Mass. That needs to be the movement of each and every day of our lives. We first acknowledge our sin, our unworthiness, that we cannot do it without him. And in doing so, he reminds us of who we are. Beloved sons or daughters, loved, treasured, and desired by him. And ultimately acknowledging that, he allows us to go home justified because we humbled ourselves and acknowledged we are beloved sons and daughters of his, and he has each and every one of us in hand. <laughs>